Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, the baseball season is, of course, finished, so I won't be on it as much looking for tickets for baseball, or at all, really. I mean, what games are there? But uh, comedy is is a big thing I like to enjoy during the winter. And so you can st- you can use SeatGeek for everything else. Concerts, that's kind of all-encompassing when it comes to comedy shows, um, you know, theater shows, actual, con- you know, music concerts, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, they got Broadway, music festivals, they got everything on there. So you can still use it to find that. In fact, I was just looking the other day uh, to find some, some Seinfeld tickets. So I'm kind of interested to see what I'm going to be able to find there. He's coming uh, in January. So Now, SeatGeek has taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls the tickets available on other sites all into one place, so you save time and you never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value, so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. In fact, I can get you 20 bucks just for listening to the show. All you have to do is uh, download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo. Enter the promo code SLEEPER. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase with them. So again, just download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Welcome to episode 403 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, November 11th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, it's it's almost the middle of November. How, how did that happen? <laughs> I know. Well, it was a pretty wild ride, pretty wild uh, baseball season. And, what, you know, when it? we go down to uh, Arizona for the Fall League uh, thing, there's a little bit of sadness at the end, and it almost may be worse than just the, seeing the last game of the World Series because you pushed it another bit forward, and you're in Arizona, and the weather's nice, and you know you're you're probably going back to some place where the weather isn't as nice, and you know, it's like that right? one last fix. Especially the folks that are like in the Northeast, where they're guaranteed to be going back to terrible weather. I actually did come back to some ugly weather here in Austin, but of course, by and large. It's it's not too bad for the winter, but yeah, just the just the lack of baseball, nothing, no playoffs. I mean, in November we do get a handful of Arizona Fall Leagues that MLB then broadcasts, mm-hmm. so I'll I'll be hanging on to those for dear life. You better you better believe that. But uh, yeah, it's it's over, man. We are hot stoving it up, and uh, we got some moves though. We got some moves. This is when we talk about some moves, then we're going to talk about where some guys should go to improve their stock, how, how they can best improve their stock on the free agent market. And we're talking that middle, that middle tier of guy, not the studs. This, you know, UN assessment is anywhere he goes, he's going to be fine. Aroldis Chapman, Kenley Jansen. We're talking the middle. Uh, but I do have a question for you right off the bat. Question of the day. Who closes for the Angels right now? If you're, if you're making a map, a closer map, a chart, I should say, uh, who do you have closing there between Houston Street, the recently signed uh, Andrew Bailey, Cam Bedrosian, or yourself? 
<laughs> I feel like that, that no, open I, audition. I, I think um you know, I'm, I'm honestly I'm stalling right now because I want to see uh Streets rest of his contract. I think he's got one one year left. This is the last year. Yes, and then an option that I can't imagine gets picked up even at 10 mil. He would have to be pretty special. Yeah, I mean the the velocity is gone. Uh, he's doing that thing where he's starting to throw 50% sliders. Um, and he had a really rough season last year between injuries. And even when Houston street did pitch, it was 22 innings of disaster, 645 yeah. ERA and God, a 642 FIP so to back bad. it up. Two yeah, it was, it, it was, it was rough and you know, you can give him some, some, uh, leeway for injuries obviously is it was an injury shortened season but he's gonna be 33 and houston street is no stranger to injury too so you know is the body gonna hold up here and and just like brass tax projections are not nice 437 era 132 whip you know 7k9 and you know we found in the past that velocity and strikeout rate are related to these things so that that's mm-hmm. a big um feather in the cap of you know other Look at his swinging strike rate, how much it dropped. Because, so, you know, even uh, even when he wasn't a major strikeout guy, he was still getting swings and misses. Like, even even in 2015, Street had a 13% swinging strike rate, which is amazing, um, even though it was only an 8.2K9. Well, last year, 8.7 swinging strike rate. That is terrible. And it, it you know, it, it backs up a, a 13% strikeout rate. One thing I would say is that, they kind of strike me like the Tigers in that they like uh, should have blown it up, you know, a while back, but keep trying mm-hmm. to add veterans and trying to get better every year. Um, and uh, sorry for that dig. Um, so so mean. So hey, but I don't, I don't want to push back too much because that's not the point of your discussion here. I think the Tigers are handling it right, though. I think what they did in 2015 at the deadline, they oh, gave it yeah, another I mean, run was, this year. It was kind of like that, the Yankees move where, you know, we're going to try and be good, and if we're not, then we sell off the piece that's not here anymore. Exactly. And we'll see what happens this offseason, but they're talking about kind of retooling here um, again, where they might right. trade some major pieces. So anyway. but well, anyway, my, my point is that, you know, the Angels keep keep trying to, you know, field a competitive team, however they, they say it is, or, and, and try to, you know, build around Trout. So, you know, I, I've, and then the other thing is, you know, we, we've seen Zimmerman prove, uh, quote unquote, prove that that players playing through injury uh, on the offensive side sometimes get underprojected. So if you sort of just take your finger and blot out last year, I don't think you'd project him for a seven, seven strikeouts per nine and, a, and an ERA over four, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, how much of, of his knee uh, contributed to all that? And considering that it was only 22 innings and, you know, then he went under the knife, you know, I, I feel like, um, and, and because the swinging strike rate drop was so drastic, I feel like maybe he gets some of that back. And if he gets any of that back, you know, that's a team. Well, first of all, Cam Bedrosian, if they're not good, then Cam Bedrosian, Maybe they want to, you know, maybe they say, oh, you're going to be our new um, Andrew Miller. That could be a way that people use that, you know, trying to keep their, their costs down on their on their young closers is, mm-hmm. oh, you're Andrew Miller, dude. You know, like, we need you in the seventh. So we need, Yeah, we need you to be the fireman, dude. Don't worry about those saves yet, dog. Yeah, right. So uh, that could be something they say to Cameron Drogen. 
I love Andrew Bailey, though, and he has the top uh, forcing spin rate in baseball and then uh, like a top 20 uh, curveball spin rate. So, um, you know, that's part of why he's good. I don't know if it's part of why he's injured, but he's he's injured all the time. So there's some – I would kind of – if we were going to hand out 40 saves, I'd probably, you know, I think I'd give Bailey like 20 street uh, 10 and uh, – you know, Bedrosian five, and then you know other five or whatever. If that you, made sense. you're gonna get a few. Uh, yeah, me, me, I get the last five. So yeah, you get a few. Okay, that's, that's cool. That's my. That's how I. I guess I would uh, handicap it. So, uh, so don't sleep on somebody like an Andrew Bailey if you're in, a, particularly if you're in a deep league. Yeah, I think that's a deep league pickup. That's an AL only. Yeah, probably be on my AL labor squad, and uh, or or maybe the uh, the second half of the draft and hold fifty. 50 yeah. rounder that I'm doing um, where I'm going to be specking for saves because I, I mean street I have, just as much, but I think street will cost more. I think street. Yeah. I the think, name value will still cost. I think street will bit. cost like five to seven Bailey. This is the ale only type prices, five to seven eight, uh, Bailey will cost like one to three. Um, and I think Bedrosian, maybe he might be the most expensive, but you know, there's no real reason right now to note, to think that he's got the job on lock. I mean, first of all, he's injured. And second of all, he hasn't really done it yet. And third of all, you know, this team doesn't seem to be itching to throw him in there. So agreed. I, I completely, I completely agree on that. So stay tuned on the, on the angels closer situation. I could see street being announced. Um, but, We'll see how long it lasts. Um, I think it, it, you can get say if you're one of those folks that doesn't like to pay for saves, and there's lots of them, this is where you have to live then. You have to go messing around with the angels of the world. All right, you know, let's talk some signings. And, uh, the Braves just got a hell of a lot older <laughs> in, in, in two days with signing two guys over 40 years old. First, it was R.A. Dickey, one year, eight mil. And then just today, on Friday, Bartolo Colon, one year, 12 and a half mil. Um, it just know, occurred it, to me that it's kind of funny the, the way you put that, like they got older. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to look at like average age of a team or whatever, um, you know, these guys would, would draw, draw that up and probably make the Braves like an average team. Right. Where, you know, they're still a young team. They just have a couple old pieces. It's a, just an interesting side note. Two two major outliers there. I, I agree, especially if, if you isolate it, too. If you're, like, taking, oh, this pitching staff is this age compared to compared to the other ones. Obviously, theirs just got sent skyrocketing with these two guys here. But I don't know if these are uh, terrible signings. I kind of I kind of don't mind what they're doing here uh, where they kind of they want to have some guys – that can kind of usher in this new class. And so they've got two stable guys there. Uh, those two really eat innings as well. Like they are true innings eaters. These are not the old guys that are always getting hurt. They continue to pitch. You'll have uh, Julio Tehran, Mike Fultonevich, and and then I think maybe that fifth spot might be a little bit more open. But they they're kind of they're kind of set now. They don't have to rely on on the young guys. Then if these older guys fall off a bit or do get hurt. Or if they want to trade Tehran, that's when they can start opening spots. I think Matt Whistler, your boy, I'm just kidding there, you're not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get that fifth spot. And then you got guys like Aaron Blair, Tyrell Jenkins, uh, who And really then in. if they, if they do, uh, if they do get another pitcher, it's, it has to be an upgrade. It has to be someone who's 
you know, more of a one, two, you know, because they've exactly. got their, you know, three through fives. You know? Yeah, the back, the back end is covered here. Like, we takes, know, we know what the, the deal is. It takes the sort of uh, pressure off of, well, I mean, if you're Blair or, or Whistler, you'd roll your eyes if someone said, does this take the pressure off? You'd say, no, I want the friggin' roll. I don't want them to, you know, keep me out of it. <laughs> But at the yeah. same time, like if you're looking at it from a player development's perspective and a team perspective, now you know you as a team don't need to count on both Whistler and Blair. You can say, yeah, maybe one of those guys step forward. Exactly. I, I just think it it takes it puts less burden on these young guys that they are developing. Uh, they they're definitely kind of you know bringing guys through here. Uh, they have tons tons of young arms that are just kind of on the way that aren't necessarily ones and twos, but. But have the potential if all if things go right, they could find a couple twos out there in the Mike Soraka, Sean Newcomb, Tuki Toussaint, Max Fried, Kobe Allard. But the bulk of that group is far away. Sean Newcomb is, is close. Lucas Sims is is close. Uh, we'll see what they've got there. But I like but yeah, that Soraka and Allard, who are the guys I'm probably the most excited about, are further away. They're 19. So yeah, yeah we're we're talking we're talking a long long term with them. As far as the fantasy value of these two goes, we've seen. Bartolo Colon, you know, continued to deliver a modicum of fantasy value, uh, especially relative to, to his age and what, what he's expected to do. I think even the two years in, in 14 and 15, when he had a 409 and 416 ERA, if you kind of go through and you, you look at the uh, game log from that, yeah, it is a little bit of cherry picking, but I think you're always managing a Bartolo Colon fantasy usage anyway. And a lot of times it was situations where, okay, his bad outing was in Colorado, no duh, or in Toronto, no duh. So you weren't getting a 409 or a 416 ERA. You, you were probably getting better if you managed it. And then last year he was back at 342, which w- was good. So even if you used all of Bartolo Cologne, that was pretty good. Dickey, been a lot more scattershot. Um, would you roster either of these guys in, in 15 team mixed leagues or is it NL only? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because I'd rather they were in the AL because in the AL, you know, an innings eater on the back end is worth a little bit more um, because it's just so tough to to put together a pitching staff in AL only. A- abs- absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, and only it seems like you could beat uh, Dickey's projection is like a four one three one you know ERA one three one WHIP. I feel like you could you could beat that with a lot of with a couple um, one dollar shots in the dark kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I actually think that uh, Dickey could get down to three seven five. I think he could ha- have a sub four ERA, uh, have a slightly better WHIP than projected. Um, I just think it'll be easier for him to turn over the lineup in the NL, and uh, I don't think he'll give up one point five homers per nine again, uh, like he did in in Toronto. Right? Well, well it's, I mean, it's brand new. Part, he's forty two now, and it's it's. You know, velocity is still important to him, and it's hard for him to keep that. He can't really throw that eighty mile an hour knuckler as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of why he hasn't been as good as he was when he was uh, when he won this. Did he win the Cy Young that year? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was amazing. And they traded Noah Syndergaard for him. Oh, that was a, such a good trade. What a good job. Yo, Jays fans, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's kind of rude of me to do that, yeah, but uh, anyway, I did it anyway. Uh, Dickey, not so much. Uh, Cologne, yeah, maybe. I mean, he's got that front door sinker. He's going to ride it until he's done. You're down for big sex. You don't act like he's not going to be 
the second in your rotation behind Syndergaard. Uh, well, I mean, be- I, both of them are really hurting you when it comes to strikeouts almost. So, Yeah, that's true. Uh, that, that's they're negatives. In a 15-team, it would have to be one of those where uh, it was on my bench and it was for like two start weeks and it was like no innings cap. And so it was one of those leagues where I'm like, I'm going to two-start the heck out of this league and Bartolo mm-hmm. Colon is going to be on my bench and I'm going to use him every time he's got two starts. Okay. I think that's fair. I think it's a fair deployment of those two guys. Let's go on the complete up opposite end of the spectrum age-wise here and talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who is, in fact, related to Yulieski Gurriel. He is his younger brother. Um, he's kind of the big prize here in the family in terms of, of, of a building piece. Like, we knew that, that Yulieski is going to be a guy who's kind of ready he looked. He showed some flashes with the uh, with the Astros here. He's going to be a guy, obviously, at 32. You're going to get a handful of hopefully quality years out of, but obviously not a uh, organization changer. Lourdes is supposed to be a bit more of of a, a game changer. He gets a seven year, 22 million dollar deal. Now, a lot of folks thought that it was going to be higher uh, because of the the hype kind of built around him. I think there were expectations for Gurriel Jr. to get. Uh, you know, substantially more. If it was going to be seven years, I, I think I was seeing stuff of like seven and fifty. Um, I don't know a ton about him. I've never seen him play even you know on what? on video. Um, what what do you got on on Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I wonder if it's like um, almost like an internal budgeting problem. You know, because they signed him as a free agent. That that's why people thought he would get a lot more money because it's not subject to international pools and stuff. Mm-hmm. However. That means you're signing a guy that I think has to go on your 40 man, and you're basically using your player acquisition like your like your free agent player acquisition budget, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Absolutely. like 722, that's 22 million that, or or at least three to five million that uh, the Jays can't spend on a major league player this year. Uh, because you, I think you get sort of you get a budget from the from the owners. So, uh, I, and I think that like minor league player acquisition is slightly different, seen slightly differently, is under a different you know umbrella. And Absolutely. Um, you know what it? I mean, yeah. Plus, like, no, I, I plus think he's not right there. like he can't step in. So you, you're buying a minor league, you're buying a prospect with major league money, and he can't step in. Like his his older brother, um, you know, was 31. He got a better deal, uh, but he could jump he, right he in. He also, yeah, he spent five seconds in the minors, and he was up doing some things for Houston. He wasn't amazing off the bat, but that's, I mean, that's all I've got because you know most of what I've read about Lords is that he's got the higher ceiling, and uh, um, and, and that uh, he you know might be more likely to stay on the infield. He's played he played mostly left field in Cuba this year. Um, and, he's, uh, you know, I think he'll, they'll try him. They'll try him at third, probably. He's been playing professional ball in Cuba since he was 16, uh, Lords has, but didn't really get good until 14. So he's had two really good seasons. They don't have his 16 numbers in here yet. So I don't know what, what, uh, Gurriel Jr. did last year, but the two years before that, 854 OPS, 967. So he had a real big bust out, age 21. He's still super young. So I'm, you know, I feel, bad kind of like killing him for those teenage years just saying that you know he's he's still an unknown i think that's kind of the point that you're making as far as toronto uh not automatically being able to just say okay well this is a new major leaguer that we got 
He's going to need some seasoning in the minors and probably more of a, a May-June call-up, depending on how well he does down there. And, so, and that's another thing. Age is really important here. I mean, he's young, uh, but he's not like um, Lazarito or Kevin Maitan, the guy that the Braves signed um, out of Venezuela. He's not 17 or 16. He's 22. So, yep. you know, if you were buying a 22-year-old AAA guy, how much would you age, spend? Age 23 season, actually. Right, so, yeah, twenty-three. So year. you wouldn't, you would, you would. Um, well, the the whole thing was he just turned twenty-three, which is why he 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 waited to sign till now. So if you were buying a a twenty-three-year-old AAA guy, even if he was good, uh, age at level would tell you to be a little bit a little bit cautious. But uh, he had three twenty-one with eight homers and a nine twenty-four OPS in forty-three games this year. Um, and I think uh, I think that the the thing that's the most relevant there is that three twenty-one. I think his hit tools is the furthest along, and and. You know, you don't want too much of a like a brother comp situation, but um, that was one thing that we talked about with Ulieski was that I don't think he's going to hit 30 home runs. He's going to be more of a guy who can hit 280, uh, you know, with 15 to 20 type home runs, uh, maybe more for Ulieski as he's older and maybe more of a ceiling for Lords. But um, I think they're mostly going to be, you know, good batting average guys and okay. uh, a little bit different than the other guys that Toronto has. So, and like, honestly, I don't think. He might not be that far off. I mean, no, I, twenty-three. They're paying him to be ready. Like I said, May June. I think. Soon, yeah. I I think you know you get a, you get into um and I know he's older, so it's not a great comp uh, comp, but you get into a Rusny Castillo situation if if they bring him up later this year in twenty or later in twenty seventeen, and he's not ready. They're like, well. Dang, what 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 did we get here again? Not a not a perfect one to one. No, but that's Cast- an interesting. That's an interesting name to bring up. Yeah. He was a couple years older and, uh, you know, he he wasn't ready and now he's fizzled out. Did he go back to Cuba? Do you have any idea what Rusny Castillo is doing? If he he goes into third, if he goes into triple A or double A and puts up meh numbers, then you're like, well, 23 year old with meh numbers in double A, sign me up. So I think that's, (laughs) that probably pushed the number down. Um, but it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good bet for a team like Toronto to take, I think. Yeah, I like it. I definitely like it. They're not going to, well, we'll see. They might sign Edwin, but uh, it, it's there's some rattling that they're going to sign Edwin. I didn't think that they would they would jump in uh, and sign someone that to that big a deal. I actually thought they they'd be more in on Batista just because I thought he'd be less expensive, to be honest. But between the two, so we'll see if they re-sign either of them. Uh, speaking of signings, still we're going to talk about free agent stock, kind of where guys could go. To, to best improve their stock or, or not just, just who stands to benefit most here from finding a new team. Um, inadvertently, or maybe it was on purpose. We kind of, we kind of did three hitters, three pitchers. But I said, you pick a few guys that you want to talk about. I'll pick a few. I'd already had a couple pitchers. You'd already had a couple of hitters. And we said, well, why don't we just do three and three? So you got three hitters here. Let's, we can go with the three hitters first, then the three pitchers. Let's start with Chris Iannetta. So again, we're talking mid, mid back end tier guys here. Um, Catcher, not so hot fantasy wise. You know, everyone's going to be in on the Gary Sanchez, Wilson Contreras. I get it, but once you get past that upper tier, it really starts to thin out. Where can uh, where where can where can Chris Iannetta go? What can he do to to put himself back on the fantasy map? Well, I definitely have uh, him on there, mostly because of one situation: uh, the Tom Murphy situation. Who? <laughs> Who the hell is that? The Rockies are thirtieth on the uh, on the depth chart for catcher, and they just lost, or they're losing Nick Hundley. So 
Um, Tom Murphy is going to dominate, okay? <laughs> For those well, of you that aren't caught up on episodes or, or, or maybe didn't listen or don't know what the hell we're talking about, Eno questioned the existence of Tom Murphy. <laughs> okay? Now, well, ejected th- th- for a 468 slugging. That's pretty nice. This has roots on this podcast of questioning Catcher's existence. Yeah. I, you still cannot convince me that Tuffy Ghostwish is a real thing, a real, a real person. Like that's it's like an Avenger, not, right, or something. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. Not a real player. However, I can confirm that Tom Murphy's real. Uh, and, but you and know, honestly. I've said honestly too much. Okay, I'm banning that from the my vocabulary the rest of the time. Okay, but Tony Walters, Tony Walters is 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 not very good. Uh, and yeah, he's the other guy right there on the depth chart right now. Between uh, I think he was his, a little bit over his head last year. And when the batting average comes down, you'll be sort of a no power, no real on base percentage. Uh, you know, just a guy kind of uh, situation. Sign, there. sign me up for that. But now, uh, the benefit, a, you know, uh, he has played in pitchers parks for a long time. What? And I was going to say the, the benefit for Walters, he's a lefty. So if they go platoon, he'd be on the strong side. Yeah. I'm, I'm betting on Murphy to snatch some of that, uh, some of that, uh, think, some of those verse righties at bats. Yeah. Mur- Murphy's uh is a good two catcher guy, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I know the, if he ends up with the Rockies, great. Uh, if he ends up with the Rays, not so great. And <laughs> uh, the White Sox are 27th. And they've got Omar Narvaez and <laughs> Kevon Smith. Uh, both of those projected Fake. for less than a 360 slugging. So, oh my god, uh, that's I not good. Those are some. I mean, the White Sox and Rockies are are are, are the places I think he could go. And uh, the Rays, I doubt I will pick him up because Ineta's uh, Ineta was bad at framing, then improved his stock, and then he kind of regressed a little. So I doubt that the Rays are you know are itching to sign them up. They're, they're big on framing. And uh, I think that's, they're basically their number one sort of yeah. prison that they you, look for catchers. Through. You don't even have to hit uh, if you yeah. can, if I you mean, can frame with, with, the, with the rays. Yeah. They, they've shown that time and time again, but I, it kind of goes the other way. He doesn't necessarily do the defensive stuff, but ostensibly it is something of a hitter. Then, so we'll see if he goes back to Colorado. I agree that, that that could that could bring his stock back into into focus. You know, he was a four thirty slug guy out there, which is uh, it was a one ninety five ISO that he had in his one uh, seventeen hundred and thirty three plate appearances with the Rockies back from two thousand six to two thousand eleven. So yeah. eighteen, sixteen, fourteen homer seasons. If we can get a mid teens homer season out of a catcher, again. It's not a deep position right now. If Iannetta went back to Colorado, I would definitely be interested. Two catch, and, we, and we're trying to do this with the lower end guys. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're not sorry. We're not. We're not creating foundations here. We're talking about periphery guys, only guys. Um, speaking of Brandon Moss, a guy that we both like. We, we we talk about Brandon Moss probably more than any podcast. Probably should if it's not you know a a uh, corner outfield white guy only podcast show <laughs> which that one is a pretty good show you should listen to it but outside of that uh we we, we get a fair share of burn here for, for brandon moss i'm sure it has something to do with the fact that you probably talked to him a lot in oakland when he was breaking out and then we kind of watched him uh get back on track with st louis this year he had a big hot streak in the middle of the season but he really really cooled into the uh into the finish line where can Brandon Moss land that will uh, bring him back to prominence? 
Yeah, I mean, it's scanning the. What I wanted for him was kind of like a full time role. Okay. Um, and I thought that was a little bit lacking in St. Louis. And, um, you know, he was, he was, uh, he, he just, I think he's better than the sort of playing time he's gotten. And so I didn't necessarily, I mean, St. I think he's the kind of guy who will hit a homer. He's the kind of guy who has no doubt power and he'll hit it out of any stadium. And he, any hit, park. Yeah. And he hit, he hit enough homers in, in St. Louis to sort of show that. Um, so it's more about can we find him uh, a full time job, and that's a little bit hard because you know first base is like either you have a, a star for the most part or you're just filling in the blanks, and you know is filling in the the team that's filling in the blanks are they gonna you know sign a free agent? Um, but uh, I would say that the Mariners who currently have Vogelbach uh, projected at the position who they can't love really guys play. like this can't really play defense and then you know the scouts over the weekend and uh at first pitch weren't that that into him either no he did not get uh, rave reviews they had adam lind you know he can fill the adam lind role that they had for a couple of years yeah and you know i i think he could do it even better perhaps and i, and I think you know their their obsession was sort of on base percentage and you know vocal box more of a dh so you could even sign moss and still play vocal box so uh, I think the Mariners uh, offer him a, a possible chance at everyday playing time. Um, I think that uh, the um, the Rangers, there's a, some possibility there. I think Ooh. Moreland's a free agent, Moreland's, too. Moreland's gone. Um, so right now they have agent. Ryan Rua and Joey Gallo and Jerickson Profar there, which is a really weird grouping. But That's an interesting trio for if sure. If he goes yeah. to the Rangers, that's a, that would be awesome. That, I think that would be really – and I think it would be a really good spot for him, actually. Even And I think it'd be, the Rangers might be into it because they just had Moreland who played in the outfield, too. Yep. So I agree. Moss being able to play in the outfield, that fits the Rangers like to have guys that can move around. And it's he's more versatile than you know, like Edwin Encarnacion can play DH or DH. Uh, <laughs> he can you. stand it first for yeah, a little he can bit. Stand it first. But but uh but Brandon Moss, if you sign him, you can say, Well, you know, we're still looking at Ryan Rue at the position, Joey Gallo might do it, Moss might be in the outfield, you know, we like Moss's defense better than Gallo's in the outfield, blah blah blah. So Yeah, he played fifty eight games. Yeah, in left. There. The Astros, honestly, still, even though they have AJ Reed, there's some there's some rumors that AJ Reed could go on a trade for a pitcher. The the, yep. the big read the big read rumor I've heard is is Verlander. Shut up. <laughs> Don't talk. Well, you traded Shh. Verlander. I know. I traded him to Boston, too. I hate myself. I had to take a shower after that one. That was a great um, piece you did. You, you did some fake trades. I mean, it, we've been talking about this, too, that, that the, this offseason may be one about trades more than signings because of the, the paucity of good uh, free agent signings. So, great word. Great uh, word. Yeah, yeah that, that there's word. definitely so, a paucity. I, I completely agree. And, um, uh, and so, you know, you have to think about those situations, too. Would Verlander take a little bit of a hit in Boston? I think so, maybe. You know, a couple more homers, probably. Yeah. Um, but but I, I could see Dave Dombrowski doing something like that, and I think that that's, that's what made me gravitate toward Boston because yeah, he, he is owed so much. They, they'd, have to, they'd have to throw in money, the Tigers would, uh, to get some substantial returns. I ended up giving them back Jackie Bradley Jr., Michael Kopech, and Mauricio Dubon, two of the guys that we saw this past weekend, uh, Dubon and Kopech. It's funny though. I, I think this is what they say when you're, when you're doing it right. Uh, I got 
no way from Detroit fans, and I got no way from Boston fans. Hey, that sounds so, like a fair deal. Yeah, I got I got no ways on both sides, and so that made me feel feel better about that. Listen, I think I've said this a little bit, um, at least on social media, if not on the pod. It will hurt my heart if they trade him, but in my head, it's the right move. It is time to trade Verlander. This dude is owed $28 million for like the next 28 years. And <laughs> I just think you're selling him on a high note. He could be coming off of a, a Cy Young here. We're going to know in a, a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to get too much better. I think he's going to have another quality season next year, but health has to maintain and you just don't know what you're going to you get. Sell it so. to the owner as a, as a quick turnaround as, because Kopech, uh, they announced, I think that even though he's going to start at double A next year. So yeah. And Bradley jr. Obviously already in the, in majors. the major league. So you get some real pieces and you, that some pieces that'll play right away and you, and you get some, uh, you get, you, you move some, you know, some, get some future talent too. Here's a name that's interesting for Brandon Moss just to finish him off. Uh, two names, Blue Jays and uh, Rockies. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. So Gerardo okay. Parra is not a first baseman. No. And the Rockies not do not have a first baseman. It's funny, though, because um, I think I, th- I want to give proper credit. I think it was MLB trade rumors. They might have put Mitch Moreland out there. So if they're thinking Mitch Moreland could go there, Brandon Moss, same sort of deal. Those are, and that's so, the rumor you got to watch. I mean, catcher is a bit of an opening, but... And so that's why we talked about Aneta, but I think, you know, first base is, is the exciting, uh, the exciting one. I don't think that, I think they've moved on from, I, I've moved on from, I don't even remember his name. Uh, they had a first base prospect, sort of. And, and, and Ryan McMahon, we saw him a little McMahon, bit. McMahon, we saw him playing first. He's Some a people third didn't baseman. like him, and he definitely yeah. did play first. He's going to factor in, but I think, you know, the, the Rockies are building to something, and... You know, I think that Moss is Moss or McMoreland again with that versatility in the outfield is something that they could get into. I Um, agree. The only downside or pushback for either is that they're lefties and they they're so lefty heavy, but they might be trading cargo. and so at that point, you know, it, it, depending on what they would get for him, if they trade cargo and they do get a you know righty bat that goes in. For him, all of a sudden, okay, now you're balanced out a little well, bit more. No, if they trade cargo, it's all for pitching. So they trade cargo for pitching. They put par on the outfield to sort of replace them, and then, then first base is wide open. And then the signing becomes really important. So I would watch the Moreland and Moss. Uh, and I, honestly, I, you know, oh god, it, honestly, go away. Um, Napoli is also, you know, in the mix. Yeah, same sort of deal, but from the right side, I. I any of these power hitters, like remember when there was excitement about Mark Reynolds going out there. These guys are all better than Mark Reynolds was when he went out there. Yeah. Um, and and you're, again, you're talking about major power in Colorado and he, he was fine for what, for what he did. Mark Reynolds had an 806 OPS with 14 homers and 441 plate appearances. Frankly, with the way power went, went haywire last year and the fact that they were, uh, you know, playing him. I, I guess it was pretty split. It wasn't. It wasn't leaning toward home. But the way he was being played, I would have thought there might have been more homers. Um, again, given the surge across the league, but again, still, still a solid, solid effort from Mark Reynolds. These guys, I think, are all better right now than than where Reynolds was last year. Napoli, Moreland, Moss. They go out there. I think they're hitting mid twenties. Yeah, at least. Yeah. All right, let's get to, let's get uh, to your last guy here. Wait, one I'm, last name. Okay, go ahead. Um. I I always mix them up with 
maybe his brother. And you remember his brother. Do you remember Marcus Thames? Yeah, absolutely. Is is Eric his brother? I don't know. I I don't think so, but I'm going to look. <laughs> I'm gonna I should have checked that one, but I, I, I always you, think it is. Uh, you think anyway, they're all related I, to the river as well. Marcus I, Timms was awesome, by the way. Here's the thing. I don't think they're brothers because I think it's Marcus Timms, but Eric Thames. I think I... Oh, my God. He says Thames? I, I think so. Uh, Someone will correct us. I actually think that they pronounce it differently, where I know that Marcus is Tim's. Yeah. I think the river is also Tim's. But then I think oh, yeah, Eric... that's what the, the Brits say. I think Eric has, has gone off the, the reservation here, and he's like, nah, it's Thames. I went out to Korea, and well, I dominated... it's always been in my head, so... So, let, let's talk a, a smidge about well, him. Because I've got Eric, his, his Davenport translations open, because... Yeah, look what he did out there. It was his absurd. regular numbers last year, 47 homers, 381 batting average. That was two years ago. Last year was 43-17. Oh, but okay. that 2015, he went 40-40. 47 homers, 40 oh, stolen bases, yeah. 381 average. What What's a it, season. What, are his 26, what was his 26 B, 2016 B, batting average? 317. Oh, wow. Anyway, I mean, he's, he's, he's ripping it up. Uh, born in 86, so he's 30. Yep. And age some 30 rumor season. that, huh? This will be his age 30 season coming in. Oh, yeah, so 29 because he's a, a November guy. Uh, he's, uh, there's rumors that this is his last, I mean, this, this, is, this, is, this is his last chance to come back, and there are rumors that he's interested. And the Davenport translations, which were pretty good for Jung Ho Gong, Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you remember the bad year that he had in 2014 in KBO, where he hit 343 with uh, 37 homers, that was his bad year. What a loser, man! Uh, that translated to a 284, 338, 521 season here. Wow! Uh, with uh, 23 homers in 451 abs. So you know, if he got wow. regular t- playing time, he could be a 280, 30 home run hitter. And that's that's taking the worst numbers and just looking at those. The better numbers. Uh, 2015 translated to a 333, 389, 628 season where he would have had 28 homers and 486 ABs. So that would have been a 333, you know, 35 homer season with full playing time. So I, I think he could, I would sort of back of the napkin project him for 280, you know, 280, 25 basically. Okay. And, we could uh, see we could see Eric Eric Thames Thames coming coming over uh, Eric Tim's Thames um, coming over and doing some damage. Age thirty, don't sleep on him. Keep an eye, see if he's out there. Give him a chance on like a you know two for ten sort of deal. Yeah, just and you know that's way more money than he was making when he was a major league over here. He was on it's he was probably on like more league, than he's league minimums. In Korea. Yeah, so. and it, it it would I think it would be enough to kind of kind of bring him over. And as a football, as a as a team, uh, as a football team, that would be weird. Uh, as a team, you you say, well, if he's great, then you know I get these. I get. The, in fact, you might be buying some of his rights. Like I don't even know. Like you know, like he might not be done with uh, major league rights. Although he played here, uh, played here for two two years. His service time is. Is um, let's see where where does it list that? Um, it doesn't list it anymore because he he's considered retired because he left. Mm. So that's that's kind of weird. But he's only played 181 MLB games. Eric Thames has. Yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility that there's some control left in him. It's, it's, you could pay him for two years and 
and then you uh, would have maybe i don't know i don't uh, know how that works that's i don't think so actually because then you'd probably run through the control on those two years but anyway with the two and for ten the second year is important you know because if he was so good in the first year you'd want to not have him just go away um and get and sign a bigger deal somewhere else you know Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I say, I say, keep an eye on him. Who would that? Who would? What kind of a team would do that? That's. Um, it kind of needs to be a team that has that looks forward in ways like this and doesn't have like actually after the um, after the, the signing to the Guriel signing maybe the Blue Jays. Bring him back. It was their guy. Yeah. You know, he started with them. They kind of developed him. Maybe they've maybe they've been keeping close tabs on him. They understood why he went out there, make some money, get some playing time. This sounds like something the Astros could do. Sounds like something the Brewers could do, but they're getting a little bit crowded. Pittsburgh, if especially if they're open to trading McCutcheon, uh, they would. But they have they an outfield David spot. Freeze? Oh, did they sign David yeah. Freeze? They signed David Freeze. So wasn't Freeze gonna? And I think Jaso. Jaso was, was a, a two-year deal? deal, I believe. Let me see here. Two years, yeah. So that's getting a little crowded too. I mean, that's they've got Bell and Jaso, and they Ooh. even traded for a guy named Jason Rogers. So there's is Tim Stame is Tim Stames a first baseman or an outfielder? I got him for outfield as a major leaguer. Did he play first base over in Korea? Oh, let me see here. DH. Ah, so they just said, "Come over here." They're listing him. Boy. They're listing him. Davenport has rates his defense as DH. I guess I, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, that's exactly how you want to be rated. How do you play defensively? I'm DH. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. I, I want to be an cool. eight nine hitter. I want to be an eight nine hitter for sure. <laughs> for sure. That's that was Brett Phillips. Man, he's the man. All right, we got to move on to Josh Reddick. Uh, I love Josh Reddick. I want Josh Reddick to be good. You know. Tell me where Josh Reddick can be great again. Make Josh Reddick great again. <laughs> um, Phillies. Okay. I uh, like that. They have some, some outfielders, but you know some of them should suck. be center fielders offensively. Baltimore. Dude. Dude, he would he would be he could replace Trumbo. He would rake. He Maybe would. not 47 or whatever Trumbo did. But I think he gets back to thirties yeah, with, with a healthy season. Yeah, he can't forget that 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 Reddick himself hit what he hit thirty two one year. Thirty two back in twenty twelve, and that was before the surge. Yeah, yeah, that was that was surge. when homer totals were low. Yeah, <laughs> and since then he's averaged about eighteen per full season, uh, fourteen for the seasons that he's had because he's had some injuries. He traded some. He traded some. Um, he, he traded some power for. For patience and, and, and contact. Absolutely. Uh, maybe he gets back. He gets to Baltimore and they say, let it eat, man. We, we let it eat here. We have a, we have a full <laughs> let it eat theory um, that we, that we run That's here. That's literally what Trumbo said. He said, you know, why should I make contact and hit into a double play when the guy behind me can also hit a home run? Kaboom. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I do think getting there, they got Trey Mancini right now at, at, at DH. And uh, um, Joey Ricard, put, who I think profiles as a as a fourth outfielder, which is yeah, that's and they could put Kim from that's left actually field being to DH. Mean. It's like damning with faint praise without the faint praise part. <laughs> there's just, no just there's damning. no praise there. Sorry, Joey. Sorry. Sorry yeah. So they they've got some room there for a qu- high quality. And I wasn't saying DH for Reddick. I was saying 
Kim to DH, then Reddick to the outfield with Adam Kim, Jones. You got Kim might two. be legit bad on defense. What's that? Kim might be legit bad on defense. Exactly. There, there was some I think talk they would about like, get him oh, he's just there. adjusting and stuff, but he might he might be legit bad. So I like that. I like Josh Reddick out there. I think that that would that would be really interesting. I actually like Philly too. Don't sleep on Philly as a, as a good good hitters park. I think we forgot lost sight of that a little bit because it might not uh, it might not be bad. as good as it once was. I mean, it used to be. What was it? it used to be the cell. You not what is it called? Citizens Bank. Citizens, Citizens Bank, Bank used to be like the cell. It used to be like well. Is it maybe some of it? It's not as good because they have crappy players. Uh, I, that does figure in. I think it figures in less than people think because you try to match up and you look at players from other teams and how they do in Philadelphia and away from Philadelphia. Um, but I'm looking yeah, at there could be, I'm looking at stat corner um, but compared to the cell for lefties. Philly has 117 park factor home runs. Uh, the cell has 116. So they're still playing similarly oh. for lefties. Interesting. And, and right is a lefty, so that's that's the and then so here are the guys he's up against. We got Roman Quinn, who is a center fielder. Like he, people fantasy. talk about Billy Hamilton, super super fast. We're waiting to maybe see the rest of the package. Uh, <laughs> you got Odubel Herrera, who is the center fielder who runs routes stud. like a DH, and that that's true. But um, he bat flips everything, so he's a stud. And and I mean not not physically like a DH, just. Like if you put a DH with with wheels out there, what, how he would run routes? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not he's not super efficient. Out no, there. Uh, but he has wheels, so he makes up for that. And then I guess you got Aaron Althair, who is a righty, and I think he got exposed a little bit. I think he's probably a like a platoon outfielder. So I think honestly, oh no, why does that what? word keep coming back? I'm because you're an honest problem. person. I'm having we a respect your honesty. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's not a bad. The more you say it, the less word. you are. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm lying to everyone. I, I would say that really? um, you'd want to go into the season with Althur and Quinn and Goodell, Ash. Those guys are all like you're all in the mix for left. We want to find a right fielder. Okay, that's how I, I think. I think so, that that's fair. And, and they were a little bit better than expected. I thought last year. So. You say we sign Reddick as our veteran dude, and we sign Charlie Morton, or we re-sign Helixson or whatever, and um, we sign Dan Hudson or something, you know? Ooh, and, Dan Hudson and Hector Neris at the back end, and we're just and we're basically we're buying veterans that we think are on good deals. That's what good teams do, even as they're rebuilding. Sometimes people say, "Why did you buy that guy?" And then, you know, in 2018, all of a sudden, they they win the division. So that's what I think they'll do is is go shopping in the, in the sort of, not necessarily bargain bin, but like the second bins, you know? In yeah, the, they're not ready to go in and make a big splash yet. They're so, still on, on the rise, but I think they are inching up. Remember, Philly hung around for a couple months. Yeah, and and it had some people confused, like, oh, they might be good. No, then we we knew they'd fall off because that bullpen was so terrible. And they have like but, the number one prospect in the game with JP Crawford. JP Crawford is a uh, shortstop stud. Although, hey, twenty home run hitter Freddie Galvis, let's get him down on a ten year uh, extension. <laughs> well, please. I think you I think you want Freddie Galvis as your utility infielder, um, and to to help uh, Cesar Hernandez along in case Cesar Hernandez regresses a little bit. Agreed. Um, agreed. 
So then, you know, Crawford, if Crawford gets in there, that, that kind of, that could make that lineup sing. I mean, he, he's going to have really good defense at the very least, and he has really good patience. And that would give them a top of the lineup guy along with Odubel. So then you got two high OBP guys with speed at the top of the lineup. You got um, Franco and, and Tommy Joseph, Cameron Rupp with that power in the middle. And if you throw Reddick in there, that lengthens the whole thing, right? Yeah, because those are three righties that I named. Get a lefty in between them. Yeah. Hey. I, I like it. I'm I like I like what you're, what you're spitting here. But in any I, case, I think that Reddick kind of looks like he might be headed to the first uh, the first hitter friendly you know place he's been since 2011 when he was with the Red Sox. Like I think right? the hitter friendly places are the place, and it's not it's it's by design. I think the hitter friendly places say we don't need to sign a stud hitter. Because we'll just go get Mark Trumbo, you know, like the the Baltimore every year finds a guy for like ten million dollars. Yeah, I wonder um, who it's going to be this year if it's not Reddick, because they will get somebody who's in that mid tier who explodes in that park. I mean, they might just wait for one of those first basemen to fall, Adam Lind, you know, Kendris Morales, although he's DH. Yeah, but if Trumbo leaves, they sort of need a DH. So yeah. Yeah, you know they um, they they could be an unbranded mall, and I, they're not in on Edwin Encarnacion. Baltimore isn't so, and, and Reddick might even be too but expensive. What if they them. were? I mean they 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 signed their own guys to three year deals, but who was the last three year deal free agent they signed? That's interesting. I don't know. I, th- I think that's a that's a fair point. Uh, all right, so we got Reddick going somewhere. To uh, to improve his offense for sure, and I, I I will I will continue to keep an eye on Josh Reddick. I think he's a good player. Even if he doesn't get back to 30s, he can get back into the 20s. He uh, he's been known to to give you a handful of steals in the in the eight to 11 range over the last four years. Uh, actually, no, there's a, a a one for two season in there, uh, 2014. But otherwise, it's eight, 10, well, nine, and 11. Well, he's kind of like a nagging injury guy. I, he, I was gonna say, there's no doubt in my mind that 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 was probably because he's playing 100 those Damn 109 years. games through so some sort of injuries uh, that you just running was the last thing on Healthy his mind. Healthy season in Philadelphia, I'll give him. I I, I buy a lot of this. Um, improvements he's made in contact and I'll give him extra power. So a healthy season in Philadelphia, he's he's not old. He's been around forever because he kind of he was a young guy that got traded. Uh, it'll be his 30-year-old season. I could see a healthy year in Philly being 280, 25 and 5. You know, that I was going to say 24, 10, uh, but I, I Yeah, either 25 way. and 10. You know, it, it, it depends on how much they platoon him, I guess. Cuz he he gets platooned sometimes. Yeah, he he can he Reddit can Reddit can struggle against lefties. You might not uh, want to project him into you know six hundred and fifty uh, played appearances. So maybe it's closer to eighteen to twenty two homers, um, but still, I think six useful. to six useful, to nine especially steals. If you have daily lineups, very useful. Yep, yep, and uh, keep an eye on him for for daily leagues as well. Uh, uh, daily DFS, I mean. All right, let's talk some pitchers. Let's move some pitchers around and see where they could go. Uh, my first one was I- Ivan Nova. I'm I'm in on on the Ivan Nova experience here. Obviously, it depends where he goes. You hear the it projection? Be... What what his agent wanted or something? No, like what did he 575? want? Five seventy five. L O L, dude. <laughs> Career four thirty ERA with a uh, six point seven strikeouts per nine. 
That's cute, man. Good walk rate, That's though. Cute. I mean, and I, I mean, uh, good walk rate, good ground ball rate. So, yep. There, high there's floor some. Guy. There's some stuff here. I would love if Pittsburgh resigned him. I don't no. see it though. I, I don't. They didn't resign Hap, although Hap was a, a good bit older. Did they win get somebody? Not yet. They've got. Yeah. Here's what their. Here's what the roster resource has for the for example, Pirates right now. Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyon, Chad Cool, Steve Brault, Tyra Glass. Now they need something right there in the middle. Yeah, I don't think you want to go on on but Cool, Brault, and Glass. Now they always they always get like a a one year deal guy. They they get the next Nova, the next guy that they right. can they, they can figure out. In fact, I've got a, a player for them later. So hang yeah. on, hang, don't worry about that. I don't have him going there. I'm actually this this was independent, but it ended up being the same answer. I like where MLB trade rumors put him. They got him going to the Angels, and I think yeah. that that I think yeah. that that works. They the had Angels? starting issues out the wazoo They're last bad. year. They're bad. Uh, Shoemaker hurt. Skaggs Shoemaker. always hurt. Nolasco yeah. should be hurt. Garrett should be hurt. <laughs> Why aren't you hurt? <laughs> get over here. That what are you going to do? Just get over here. <laughs> Ow, you're hitting me with a bat. Stop. <laughs> you should be hurt. You're my hurt. GM. Why are you hitting me with a bat? <laughs> with those stats, you should be hurt. What do you mean you're fully healthy and you're putting up those numbers? That doesn't make sense. If I Garrett hurt Richards you, did not get the surgery. Did, yeah, I was going to mention him. So he's the huge wild card because yeah. he's their ace and he's not going through with surgery right now, which is fine. I get it. I respect it. That's his decision. We don't know what he's going to get next year. So that's a, that's a, that's still a rotation in flux. Currently penciled into the fifth starter's job is Alex Meyer. I don't buy it. Home dude is a reliever. I like Ivan Nova uh, yeah. to go over there and, and, and do well. They, they, Meyer needs to be their sixth starter. Yes, yeah. Yes, long relief type, get some multi-inning stints out of there. Um, and then if he has to swing, transit, you know, transition into the uh, rotation a bit here and there for spot starts. Well, that would I think be, that that's I think that okay. would be a nice soft landing for Nova. Uh, there, the Angels are somehow, uh, at 18th, uh, on our depth charts. I think probably because our, you know, FIP really likes uh, Shoemaker and Skaggs. And um, Richards probably. Wow, look at that Skaggs projection from Steamer. 338 ERA, 9K9, three walks per nine. What? Steamer loves Skaggs. Steamer on that Skaggs. <laughs> My um, goodness. I like the, Skaggs, but uh, I don't even. The Blue Jays have five, but, you know, the fifth is Liriano, and you never, you never know. Maybe they'll just go for it. And Biagini has. Like a starter's arsenal, so and they and they got Bolsinger, so maybe they're they're fine with that. Uh, we talked about the Phillies. The Phillies could sign an, an Ivan Nova. I mean, right Absolutely. now it's Nola Velasquez, Ikoff, and guys you don't want in your rotation. Absolutely. And, so and this is one. You know, he's going to be going into age thirty. He's not old. You can sign him to a three four year deal, and it's not it's not crippling. Um, I, I think I think I think we'll see a team in that in that sort of mid tier area sign him to be a mid rotation guy. I don't expect him to light the world on fire and, and, and drop some, you know, two something ERA, but I think he can firmly live in the threes. Felix are um, gonna sign somebody. They're gonna sign or I mean I guess they could do a reclamation thing like they did with Hellickson, but um, you know, I kinda that think worked, that Hellickson, they got him paid. Nova and then this next name that you've got, they're you know, one of those guys is going to end up in the Phillies, and and I and like we said, not as I mean, depending on where you look, Stack Corner says still pretty bat friendly. 
Um, but still in the National League, still in the America, in the National League East in particular, which exactly I think helps uh, tamp down some of the offensive wo- uh, worries. Uh, so I think uh, you know Angels Phillies is a pretty good one two for Nova. So if you if you've got a, a share in Nova, I think I would hold it for now. Well, the next guy could be the uh, consolation prize for for one of those teams as you mentioned, or he could be the one going to the Pirates, and that's Andrew Kashner. Uh, that is that is a guy who you know at this point is a is a bit of a reclamation project. And again, I didn't just copy all my notes off of MLB trade rumors. They have not going to the Pirates. Maybe sometimes it's just so obvious that that we all come to the same answer here. <laughs> I certainly think that that would work. I, I love the idea of him going out there. And it's not that I just automatically think every pitcher that they get is going to turn to gold. But this is exactly the kind of guy that they really like. Someone with with uh, great arm strength. Uh, a good breaking ball, ground ball capability. And now the one key that we'll see, willingness to kind of go with the flow with what they do and not kind of do his own thing. I don't know that Kashner's 100% on that end. So it might be something where they have to say, listen, you're going to come in here and you're going to do what we're looking to do, not what you're looking to do, because you have 726 innings of it not fully working. 389 ERA, 132 whip. That's not where he wants to be in his major league career at this point. He was on a path to doing a lot better than the last two years have really gone south for Kashner. So I think they could definitely rehabilitate him with, you know, 94, 95 mile per hour fastball. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought his secondary stuff was better than it's, than, um, than it's turned out to be. Yeah. So on some level I'm, I'm out. And so I'm like, I don't know, dude, we've been saying this for so long and I don't think it's going to happen. But on the other hand, uh, also some framing issues in there, um, hasn't pitched to great framers. So, uh, I think, you know, if we, if we look at Hap and some other, and even Nova, if you look at what, um, what Pittsburgh might be doing, that's not, you know, Ray Searich fixes them. What they might be doing is finding guys that should throw their fastball more often, and um, that was a key for Hap and and Nova a little bit, and yeah. and throw it to these really good framers that we always put behind the plate. Um, exactly, and then when you do have contact, it's quality defense, right? So you know you you attack it from the batting average on balls and play perspective, and you attack it from the the walks perspective, and if you you know, improve him back to where he was in 2014 and 2015 when he walked, uh, you know, five to eight percent of the guys or, or two to three guys per nine, um, then everything else looks better. You know, you're, yeah, you're basically attacking down. instead of attacking the K side of K minus BB, you're really attacking the sort of BB side. So um, and I think that they could uh, really get him on, uh, get Cashner on. A, a two seamer that that actually works a little bit more because he's shown he's shown the ability to run a two seamer into the mid nineties, but it loses some of the wiggle. I think if they bring him down, they say, "Hey, it, this can work at ninety three, ninety five, but you're going to get a lot more of that wiggle, and, he, and that's that's where you're really going to be effective. Get back toward those uh, low fifties ground ball rates." And he admitted to me that he stopped throwing the front door two seamer, the one you throw at the hip. And it mm-hmm. comes over the over the the plate that he stopped throwing that because he was throwing a Derek Norris, who he wouldn't say it on the record, but he did not like throwing a Derek Norris. 
And not 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 too many have it. This no, is not a uncommon thing. No, I have thing. not actually heard a nice word about throwing to Derek Norris. I've it, actually talked to him quite a few people who've thrown to him. So, um, you know, if that's a whole thing, he does. I mean, we just talked about Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon, that's all he's got. <laughs> he's got the he front really door is kind of a one pitch guy. He just manipulates his his sinker. Yeah, the front door two seamer and the back door two seamer. He kind of just rocks you back and forth and. And then yeah. drops a hammer on you every once in a while, and then goes yak on you sometimes in in San Diego. <laughs> once <idiots>. in a career, <laughs> eat it, eat it. So yeah, I I think Cashner. I'm still this this will be my final salvo with him though. I'll stop preaching him. Uh, first off, let's see where he goes. But if he goes to a spot that I'm encouraged by, you can better believe I like that this, I'm. I like this Pirates thing, and you know they also sign guys to deals where it's okay if they're a reliever. You know what I mean? I'm thinking exactly. of. You know, when they went and got Nicasio, right? They they waited, they made sure it wasn't expensive, and they signed him to a deal. They put him in the rotation. It didn't work out. He was a decent reliever. Cashner, I think, would be an amazing reliever. I I fully agree. There, the worst case, if they just cannot figure it out as a starter, they say, "Well, what do you think about relieving?" He'd and be again, ninety nine. You know, he would never have to throw the change. You know, maybe you give him the Andrew Miller talk too. You say, "Listen, yeah." You know, you saw what happened in the playoffs here. We can make you that. We can make you this guy who comes out and is ready to go uh, six to eight outs regularly for us and absolutely decimates fools having to go through the order just one one time. Do they have uh, free agent projections on? Uh... Uh, for how much they put? Yeah, he yeah. said uh, Pirates one year, eight mil. That's what they have for Kashner? Yeah. Oh, I was just I didn't want to sound stupid. I was just going to say 215. And I think at 215 oh. you give him the talk like, you know, we don't know where you're going to be. We don't know exactly what you're going to do, but you're you've got this money in the bank and you might end up at years. the end of this Andrew Miller and get an Andrew Miller deal or, you know, you you sort of re- you rehabilitate your your uh potential as a starter. Yep. I, I I fully agree. I think he'll be somebody that that a smart team is going to look to get and, and say we're going to take one last shot here with a thirty year old who has really good stuff and see if we can make it work as a starter. If not, there 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 just has to be a second act here for Cashner as a reliever. I fully agree. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to the last one here. Let me pull up that list. It is a reliever. Speaking of Greg Holland. And we had to bring up Greg Holland no matter what. It was either going to be in the news segment or here. I just wanted to talk about him here because he threw a, a showcase and it did not go very well. <laughs> Our very own Eric Loggenhagen was out there and uh, I think he said he was throwing 88-91. Yeah, so, I, I retweeted that in a negative way and Brandon McCarthy had an interesting conversation with me that reminded me of something that... Um, that Sean Doolittle said in spring training. Oh, na- double name drop, y'all. Yeah. Double <laughs> name <laughs> drop. <laughs> we need like a sound for that, dude. Like, like something dropping, like you know, like that a was strong, like a like a pit of glass dropping or something. Well, um, people drop, yeah, yeah, because that was that was so smooth. How you just so <laughs> casually, like the first one I caught, I'm like, cool, Brandon McCarthy. Oh, Sean Doolittle smacks me upside the head, like that. That was good. And then you'd be like, and then I fact-checked it with John Smoltz, and it turns out they were right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it, it also came up up at, with Kyle Bodie at Driveline Baseball. So uh, God, this, what I'm talking about is um, it's, hard, it's hard to ramp up to game velocity in a bullpen situation. Okay. And so maybe don't. 
super panic over the did, did, over did we, the. Were you watching with me? They actually had the gun on those guys in warmups at uh, at the uh, Arizona Fall League. Oh no, I didn't see that. Yeah, so I was watching that, and those guys were coming in about three to four miles an hour low. That's so, that's okay. So that's more of a standard bullpen situation. They have no I, no reason to let it eat in when they're warming up to go into the game. They're about to go into exactly. The game. Um, so the the flip side, and some people were saying, some, they were jumping in on the, the conversation with Brandon, saying, "Well, that's true for like a bullpen situation, but this one, he's trying to impress the team. Don't you think he would? You know, this is the best chance of letting it eat." Um, yeah, as a showcase for Greg Holland, would he not want to amp it up? But it's his first throwing since Tommy John, too. Maybe there's some tentativeness right. just from Tommy John. So that's where Sean Doolittle comes in, because Sean Doolittle was coming off of shoulder surgery. And yes, it was a spring training game, but you know, on some level, he's trying to show everybody that I'm back, right? And mm-hmm. he was throwing like 92. And that was in the season that he just... That was this past spring. And when I asked him about it, he said... You know, you know, as much as spring training does feel like that, um, you know, I'm I'm waving to everybody. I'm saying hi to Josh Reddick as I, you know, run in and waving to people in the stands and stuff. So um, it doesn't get me that full juice. And what Driveline does is they have that crow hop thing where they 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 have uh, pitchers run as hard as they can and then throw as hard as they can from like running. And I call it a Happy Gilmore pitch, by the, the way. The Happy Gilmore pitch, yeah. And the reason they do that is to is to simulate full uh, full adrenaline in game stress on the arm and just do it a little bit, um, you know, to help them sort of pitch, quote unquote, in the off season. Okay. Um, so all of that, I would say, all of that, if I put that all together, uh, I would say that I think it's still possible that Greg Holland can sit ninety two, ninety three this year. So. Let's let's spin let's spin this positively. Let's say the eighty eight ninety one showcase pushes his price down, creates a bargain for somebody. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're looking at one five or one three. I mean, Jason Grilly just got had a three three million dollar option picked up. So, so I I I feel like the Royals might still be because. So not only are you talking about okay the discount everything that you're talking about here where they say okay. This is not as bad as it looks. It's going to depress the price. Plus, we know him. He's our guy. Yeah. I what mean, if, that's, what if that's Casey the just first gets team back he'll in? probably call or the first team. That's for the first team. They might give him the worst deal, though, because they'll be like, well, you know. That's true. We know all your warts. Yeah, um, right. And, and he's not getting back into the ninth with them, at least not without earning it. That, unless they do a Wade Davis deal Davis like yours goes. truly. But are they going to tell a prospective free agent that? No. They're not. So, I mean, they they might off the record be like, "Hey, we might trade Davis," but oh um, yeah, they they couldn't tell. Him. That's what I'm saying. So they'd have to tell him, "Listen, the ninth is not an option for you right now." And you have to sign that, knowing that we we might not deal. And he knows that's where the money, money is. So I think uh, the Giants are going to be interested, and yeah, I'm just worried that they offer him, you know, like a minor league deal because they're they they've always got uh, forty man, you know, crowded forty man situation. That, uh, um, I think the Nats could be interested. Yeah. The Angels had a really bad bullpen and could be interested, but uh, they did we just sign Bailey. their bullpen. Their bullpen's amazing, dude. <laughs> Houston Street, Andrew Bailey, <laughs> freaking Cameron Droshe. Diamondbacks. You. Diamondbacks were probably, they were definitely at that because they did not find their closer. 
No, they did not. They Andy do not Hudson's have a closer a as of right now. Even if they did, uh, he's a free agent now. Daniel Who? Hudson. Oh Daniel yeah, Hudson. Daniel Hudson was the the best best shot so at it. Yeah. E- even if even if that Reds had like the worst bullpen him. known to man. What's that? The Reds had like the worst bullpen known to man before they put Iglesias. Uh, literally ever, right? Didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they set some records for futility yeah. out of the bullpen? That could be interesting, especially for the Reds to say we're signing him with the intention of re, 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 rebuilding him and flipping him. Yeah, the Padres would sign him to like a two for four, and you know, but then on, when it, he's the Holland's the kind of guy who may not want to give someone a second year, you know. Yeah, say I want to fully rebuild here. I want a one-year uh, deal, and the Padres would say, "Well, we're not going to be awesome this year, so you know, a one-year deal is not super helpful for us in terms of selling you later, right?" And then he says, "Let's be honest, you're not going to be awesome the next year either, dummies," <laughs> and ignores their deal. And Braves, it's very rude. Braves, Braves, you know, Braves are signing everybody right now. Yeah, he's probably too young for them. He's only uh, he's only thirty, <laughs> not forty-three yet. He's not 45, uh, so let's let's get Jesse Orozco for for, for the Braves, but we're going to send Greg Holland else. I mean, Here's Holland, the thing. honestly, Holland could go anywhere. It's hard Market's for us. Wide we're open, just sort exactly. of listing places where he could see some saves, and I think he could see some saves. It's uh, he's he's the kind of guy that if I was running a team, I would be watching. And I think even at eighty eight, ninety one, I would say, you know, let's wait. If let's Take wait a, a couple weeks, and and yeah, this is a guy who throw again. He sat ninety six. Don't judge him off, uh, you know, off of one bullpen and say that he can never have velocity again. Right, and right. teams are smart enough not to do that. Fans are going to be overreacting. We're, they're going to see stuff like that. But I, I don't think teams are saying this guy we can't sign him. They're saying okay, this lowers the price. This is great. This is a buying opportunity. Let's jump in. Let's see what the medicals look like. If they're if they're treacherous, okay, maybe not so much. But if everything checks out from a Tommy John rehab standpoint, and we feel good about it. We'll sign him with the idea that he will get three miles per hour back maybe as he builds up. And maybe there's a sliver, sliver, sliver of hope that he gets back to 95, 96. And then you're talking one of the best closers in the league. The dude was amazing at his peak. I don't think we can fully, fully rule out peak Holland coming back. It just might not happen until July or until 27 or uh, 2018. So I, I, I think he'll be an interesting land. Someone's going to get him on the cheap and I, I'm likely to say, hey, that was a good deal, unless a stupid team does it, and then I'll just automatic. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Even if it's a stupid team, I will likely credit them. I think that Greg Holland is. It's going to be hard to make a bad deal to him unless you do something crazy. Now, this might have been without the knowledge of his showcase, but MLB trade rumors said two eighteen. That seems high. That seems high. I mean, that, you just you haven't seen high. him in game action at all. Yeah, for a full, he missed the entire year, and he, you know, he was clearly impacted in twenty fifteen. And he has bad, he, like, frankly, I think he has bad mechanics. I mean, I'm not. He does. I'm not he a mechanics guru, does. but when you watch him fall off the mound like that, he literally falls off. Yeah, yeah. like it, it, it is, it is, it is severe. I will say though, this is working in his favor. This is probably worth an extra four to five mil per year. He's amazing in MLB the show. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that out there. Well, and just because we mentioned the Giants, um, I want to. Just real quick at the end here, Hunter Strickland came up at the Arizona Fall League. Uh, someone asked me, is he low spin? He's not low spin. Um, you know, he might be low spin for his velocity, but he still has above average spin. He's so. very low spin. Hunter Strickland is very low spin. Sorry, I'm trying to do a low energy joke there. Sorry. sorry. I, no, the, the jokes aren't funny anymore the now that he won. I'm sorry. need to look again at 
what he's done in the major leagues. You know what I mean? It's uh, like Hunter Strickland because he's been amazing. Is what you're saying? Yeah, it's like if yes. You, would you be? I think most people would be surprised if he has a two six four ERA, point nine nine WHIP, a strikeout six per homers. Huh? I think is what would really get people point six homers because the lasting image has been that playoff oh, where he gave up forty two homers in like nine at bats. It was. It, I mean, he was just getting bombed out left and right and then throwing at guys because he was angry. That's the lasting image that people have. But yeah. his major league track record for Hunter Strickland is still really, really good. That's why I was so in on him last year. And I think so they might already have their closer. If you take the name off of that and you said, here's a situation, uh, this team couldn't find a closer last year. They have a guy who has career three career saves and averages 97 on the fastball. Um, you know, and doesn't have a homer and doesn't have a command problem, you'd be like, that's a sleep, save sleeper. So. That's a closer, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. So I, I think they'll be active in the market for relievers, but it might not be Jansen and, and, and Chapman and Melanson because they say, we got Strickland. We're going to fill in behind them. We got our premier lefty with Smith. Derek Law looks like somebody that they can count on, but then you got to kind of build it from there. Like they need some impact pieces, but I don't know that they're necessarily that they're thinking that they need the best of the best. I I, I don't know. It depends how they feel about Strickland, but I continue to look at him and I, I touted him all last year and I was wrong, flat out wrong. I gotta I gotta eat that one. He had three saves, as you mentioned. It might and be I thought, just you were wrong. You were right, but you were too early. I mean, That's, I called the Indians chronically, to, to win the World I'm, Series in uh, 2015, so I was boom. right. I'm chronically a year early. Um, <laughs> it, it's 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 comical the 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 times that I am and how it used to. When I played more of of other fantasy sports, it would it would move over to there too. I'd be a year early on some hot running back or some sweet power forward. I used to play all fantasy sports. It was crazy. I, mean, I was a year early on um, Kevin Love. I was oh going crazy for him. Oh my god, I got to get Kevin Love. The next year, he was good. Derek Rose got him before his MVP season. So I love being a year early. Um, and by love, I mean I absolutely hate it. But I will be back on the Hunter Strickland train unless they sign one of these big, big names that is automatically going to push him out, a Chapman, a Jansen, a Melanson. If it's not one of those three, then I'm still going Hunter Strickland. I really am. All right, you know, we got to get out of here because to name drop one more. Can, can I name drop who you're going to hang out with or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. You're going to go hang out with Kevin Euclid. Go How cool is Uke. that? Go puke with Uke. K- go- Kimball Crossley comes up with the most, that, that was the most amazing name for y'all's <laughs> show. Puke with Uke. I love it. I'm going to uh, his brewery. He has a brewery in Los Gatos named uh, Loma Brewing, I think. Okay. And uh, I'm going to just talk to him about beer and sneak in the baseball probably. That sounds that sounds pretty great. I hope I hope you have a, a good totally time with that. Totally ask why Manny Ramirez slapped him in the face. Yikes! And ask him. Uh, I, that ask him should what, be after a beer, at least. I think probably. Yeah, and then get get a few <laughs> more in there and say, "Yo, what happened when you got rolled by Rick Porcello? Do you feel bad? <laughs> that fool rolled you, man. He's kind of kind of tall and skinny. You, you think twice about before messing with Rick Porcello, eh? Don't don't mess with those New Jersey guys. I guess. Anyway, go have fun puking with Uke. Uh, Jason and I should be back on Sunday. You and I will be back a couple times next week. We're in the hot stove, folks. Embrace it. Stupid winter is here. You know, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening.